Everyday Business Solutions, the podcast that offers you the right perspective on achieving success. We interview business professionals from all over to bring our listeners the right solutions to all their questions. Season one is about change management and enabling you to both face and create change in all aspects of your company. We're talking management, sales, service, HR, and more. Let's jump straight into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Business Solutions. My name is Haley Morris. I'm your podcast coordinator and host, as always. Today, I have with me Allison and George, and I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves because I don't think anyone can do it better. So if the two of you don't mind. I'm George Mergen, a senior account executive with Concentric. Hi, I'm Allison Jansen. I'm director of content marketing at Concentric. Concentric is a uh, small to mid-sized agency that has a wide variety of clients and wide variety of industry, cover a wide variety of industries uh, from healthcare to automotive to consumer goods and services. And one of the things that we pride ourselves with most is making uh, everything that we do is in house under one roof. All right, well, thank you for that introduction. I know it's always good to get to know who we're talking to. Um, Now today, the topic, we're actually going to be talking specifically about marketing and a bit about sales as well. And so what the two of you specialize in is account-based marketing and content marketing. And so we're really going to lead off because I think we're all getting pretty familiar with content marketing. We're really going to lead off with this definition of what account-based marketing is, because I know we've talked a little bit about it. I'm really curious to dive into it, especially for the listener's sake to really um, define what it is. So if you guys don't mind, can you describe account-based marketing for me? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's a focused growth strategy uh, that works to align uh, collaborative efforts with marketing and sales um, and with tailored experiences for your most qualified, profitable accounts. So unlike traditional um, outbound marketing, uh, to the masses, account-based marketing is more precise, more targeted, and a little more accurate. Um, it's, it's about uh, process and efficiency with account-based marketing. Uh, it takes time. Um, it's not a marathon. It's really kind of a, it, it, or it's not a, not a sprint. It's more of a marathon. Um, and, you know, we go to a lot of seminars and we work with a lot of clients. Um, a lot of the things that we hear at some of these seminars um, from some of the uh, speakers that they have is that, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, who's doing it right? Um, who, a lot of the times they'll, they'll introduce this and, and they'll talk about that and um, you see a show of hands and, and a lot of people think that they are, uh, they do have it kind of all figured out, but um, the truth is that, that it, it takes a little bit of time. There's a lot involved with it um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to consider. Thank you. I think for me, it's very interesting to learn. I'm new to the marketing world. I came from recruitment, so a little bit different. Um, but as we kind of dive into this more, I guess for me, if somebody's looking at a, like doing account-based marketing, what are some of the things that they consider? What is the realistically, like what they should have in mind when it comes to, you know, it's not a sprint, it is a marathon, it's going to be long-term. So what are those barriers to implementation what is that road going to look like and what things do they need to have, have set up first? Yeah, and that, that's a great question. Uh, the big thing is that it's really kind of a culture change. Um, you know, typically um, marketing would hand off to sales 
and they'd say, here, uh, use this. Did it work? Yes or no? Um, and a lot of the times, you know, there's this blame back and forth uh, in terms of what's working and what's not. Um, so I think it really comes down to a lot, uh, like a lack of communication um, and understanding of account-based marketing. And I think that foundationally, that's one thing that has to be really kind of established and, and known prior to moving forward. Um, and you've got to break down those barriers between sales and marketing. And that's one of the biggest hurdles. Um, you know, there's a big, it's a big collaborative effort, like we said. Um, so from this whole strategic workflow from the beginning to the end, that includes everything like your goals, your objectives, um, your MarCom planning. So that can even involve workshops, getting together initially at the onset. Um, and then before you go into all of your content development. And it's important for that, uh, for both of those groups to be aligned all the way through this process, even all the way into where you talk about metrics and performance. Um, and then that way, everybody's involved at the same time. There's no shift of that blame and it works both ways. So it's, it's sort of easy to abandon this process when not everybody's bought in holistically. Um, the important thing is to stay with it. It takes time, right? Um, and that's, that's uh, what a lot of the companies and organizations find it difficult to do. They want to quickly uh, move out of that. So staying with it, that's important. Thank you, George. And then I was going to say too, it does sound like a bit difficult. It does sound like something, like you said, that could be a bit easy to abandon. So what are some of the benefits? What are those things that would actually lure somebody into working towards account-based marketing? So I think that it, it, what it comes down to is a lot of good consistent collaboration. Um, that definitely is, is very strong. Um, when marketing and sales can align, um, that's another good thing. So we talked about that handoff between marketing and sales. When you can break that barrier down, that's going to strengthen uh, a lot of your efforts. Um, you strengthen customer loyalty. Um, you know, a, a custom one-to-one -one segmentation is always going to be better. And you're increasing that lifetime value score also of that customer. So. So thank you for that. That's a huge thing, you know, the, okay, this is really cool, but why would I, but now what type of businesses would actually be the ones to embrace this or that you see being the ones to embrace it? Yeah. So this is, this is B2B strategy, um, typically enterprise organizations, uh, large with about a thousand employees or more, um, are usually the ones that are benefiting the most from that, um, organizations that know their accounts the best. Um, and that's where sales can come in. For example, when marketing uh, needs a little bit more information on customers, the sales team is the ones out in the field. They're the ones that know the customer the best. They're the closest to them. So that, that's why that collaboration is so important. Thank you. I'm curious, do you think you could look at a smaller business unit embracing this or like adapting it in some form or another? Yeah, I think that it's important too. I mean, companies that are looking to shorten um, a long buying journey or um, companies that have a misaligned sales model, um, it's important for them as well. And um, has, your, has your traditional marketing sort of stalled out? I mean, this is always a good opportunity to interject this ABM strategy. A lot of companies are so focused on using inbound marketing and outbound marketing only, but account-based marketing can really kind of help be an additional uh, catalyst, if you will, to really get that, um, get that whole package put together and really working in, in, your, in your benefit. Thank you. And then just kind of piggybacking off that, you mentioned the traditional marketing. So how, like, let's compare the two. Let's actually compare the traditional versus the account-based. Um, yep. So, so I think as, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I think as George has kind of touched on, um, you know, for companies that are trying to sort of shorten their lead time, you know, that's where the big difference come in, comes in. I mean, the traditional marketing process is pretty multi-step. Um, it can get pretty lengthy. 
And it also does focus quite a bit on more of that outbound methodology where you're cold calling and you're cold emailing and you're reaching out to people predominantly with a sales message. Um, and when you look at ABM, it's a more streamlined process. You're more focused on getting in front of people as a resource versus positioning yourself as you know, a sales message or just specifically trying to talk through what you want from the customer. You know, now you're focusing more on what the customer is gonna want from you. Um, and so you look at it more as more of a four-step process. And part of that is just presenting custom content. Um, it's getting in front of the people that you're interested in talking to, those very narrow down prospects, those very narrow down leads, um, and giving them content that they're now gonna look at you and say, this is a resource. This is someone I trust. This is someone that I'm gonna wanna work with moving forward. Thank you for that, Allison. I think it's very interesting too, because we've mentioned a couple times now this idea of sales and marketing working together, which I feel like kind of should be like, oh yeah, they, they do work together, right? But in reality, I, I think a lot of us see sales and marketing, to, it is that baton being passed off and there's not as much frequent communication as maybe there should be. So what are some of those things that we can do or some of those ways that we should look at the sales and marketing team and making it more of a joint effort? Yeah, right, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think on our end, we kind of look at it as, you know, a lot of it just comes back to communication, which I think George had touched on a little bit earlier. Um, you know, we are finding with companies that we worked with that their marketing teams, you know, in tandem with us have been putting out some really great content, you know, blogs and white papers and videos. And then when they approach the sales team about it, the sales team has no awareness of it. Um, and these are all resources that they could very easily integrate within their own sales processes. They're things that they can very easily send to their customers um, and, you know, create that value add. So where we kind of look at it as is just get marketing a little more involved within the sales team. Um, and so if sales teams have weekly meetings, have marketing sit in every once in a while, have them say, hey, here are the latest things that we've been working on. You know, the other side of it is that we always sort of suggest talk to your sales team about what the content should be. You know, they're the ones that are in front of their customers day to day. They're the ones who know what the pain point are, point, pain points are and sort of what their customers need. Um, and so if we can then tailor the content to meet those needs, you know, we're absolutely filling that gap where they can go back to their customer and say, we heard you. We understand that this was a pain point you were having. Here's a piece of content that we created that should be able to help you. Um, you know, the other side of it is making it as easy as possible for sales. Um, you know, we, we see how busy everyone is day to day. Um, you know, another thing that we always suggest is just create some sample communications. So if you want your salespeople to send emails about the newest blogs or the newest white papers, put that together for them. Put together a template that they can just filter in the most recent content, make their send a lot easier. Um, if you're looking to have them be more active on social media and, you know, getting on LinkedIn and sharing content, put together a guidebook, help them understand how to do that. You know, it's a pretty large platform and it offers a lot of opportunity they might not know how to use it. And that's no fault of their own. It's just a matter of making sure that you're not taking the time to educate and train them. Um, and so from our perspective, that's probably the biggest thing is just communicate and be willing to offer assistance as needed, whether it's through drafting up these sample communications or through creating a guidebook that they can follow. You know, that's obviously gonna easily streamline the process a little bit more along the way. I definitely agree. It's very interesting to hear, especially like the take on like the email and the social media, just because we create so many tools and so many resources. It doesn't usually go past release from the marketing department. Usually the sales will try their own approach or they'll create their own like post or whatever. 
um, but it's more sporadic and it's usually just focused on the way they know how to directly acquire sales. It's not as much that partnership like you mentioned. So, and then George, did you have anything to add to that, the idea of how we can get the sales and marketing to come more together? Yeah, no, I think what Allison was touching on, um, the, you know, the routine uh, education is important. We, a lot of the clients that we work with, you know, it's making sure that they understand all the things that are developed um, and developed in a way to that, um, you know, where you're sharing that constant um, uh, information with them on, on what's available, whether it's print, whether it's uh, digital, whether it's e-marketing, um, all of that stuff and where it's housed. Um, a lot of them don't know where to go to find it. So you got to make it very simple for them to do that. So, um, you know, we, we've, we've got routine weekly meetings um, with the clients and sales team to go through all that stuff. And, it's, and it extends a little bit too um, beyond just sales, but it can, it can also in, in involve, um, a, you know, a bigger um, group of, of uh, organization. It can involve uh, engineering type level people, it can involve product development type people. They're all important in understanding exactly where all these materials are, how to get to them and how they can use them best with their, with their customers. I imagine they go a long way too in helping to create them. So not just that sharing of them, but I know from our point, we work with software. So trying to sometimes create some of those more complex materials, like yep. the educational ones and stuff. I definitely don't have all that knowledge yep. on yep. top of what I do, right? Yeah, so exactly. Sometimes it's hard for them to understand, you know, from a creative standpoint, and they like to get into a meeting, they want to talk about creative. They like to get very tactical. Um, and that's okay. Um, it's just that, you know, like we talked about that big strategic workflow, they really need to be involved and have that input from the very beginning when you're doing the planning and you're doing the plan organization. Uh, everybody kind of understands what each goals and objectives and strategies are um, and what their accountabilities are, right? If they're, if they're held to, uh, to meet a specific um, uh, metric or, or a revenue goal, uh, then, then that needs to come out kind of in that upfront so that you can plan accordingly and then continuously communicate and collaborate on ways to develop that content so that it is meeting those objectives and it's turning those accounts faster um, in, in, in resonating with uh, the customer in the right way. And I know that we'll talk a little bit more about content marketing, but that's, that's, gonna, that's a big part of how uh, you get their attention. So um, yeah, it's, it's, everybody wants to get into a meeting and talk about uh, how, how nice an ad looks, um, but uh, there's, there's a lot more to it involved. And I think that, that constant sharing back and forth um, is, is so critical. I would agree. And then speaking kind of of the content marketing before we get too much farther with this idea, I know Allison, you have a lot of experience with that. So do you want to talk to us more about content marketing and how it specifically ties into the account based? Yep, absolutely. So I think, you know, as we've touched on a little, the big thing that we're finding with account based marketing is that you want to customize it for who you're targeting and your leads are so much more streamlined. I mean, you have a smaller pool that you're fishing from essentially. Um, and so what we're trying to figure out is a way that you can then get in front of these people and showcase your own value as a company. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that we've worked on in content marketing always is that it's, it's basically is a lot like ABM in the fact that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, you're not going to publish a blog and immediately have 15 new customers sign up, you know, um, but you are going to publish a blog and you are going to be able to promote it across your channels and have your salespeople share it and have your other internal team members share it. And you're going to gain some of that brand awareness. And then when that person goes to the point of purchase, they rem remember your name, they remember who you are, and they remember why you bring value to the table. 
Um, and so that's a lot of where we see the content marketing filtering in is that you are creating these resources. Um, and so it not only arms your sales team, but it arms your organization in general, where if someone comes to your website or someone goes to your LinkedIn page as a company, they're going to see all of this value. Um, and they're going to be more inclined to, you know, communicate with you and work with you. Um, you know, the big thing that we always try to push is that you have to move away from being that salesperson at this point. I think that we've kind of gone that way for a long time now. And I think especially this year, you know, as everything has shifted with the sales process, as people have to get more creative, um, a little more digital focus, you know, creating good content is key um, for succeeding in the long term when it comes to that and getting in front of these people and asking them, what do you need? And then creating something that will answer that need. Um, because that's really the best way that you're going to build these relationships and make the sales in the long term. Um, I just don't think people aren't responding anymore to, you know, you demanding their attention and, and you just kind of getting in front of them with your message. Um, they want you to ask questions. They want you to be there to, you know, answer their needs. Um, and so that's where content marketing fits perfectly. Um, it just fits perfectly into ABM um, and helping streamline this process and, and make it a lot a lot more valuable for the salespeople, especially as they're out in the field trying to get in front of these people. Yeah, that's good points, Allison. And, and, and it's a lot like we buy on our own. We move through the buying journey um, as we go out and online and buy anything. Um, you know, we're, we're making decisions. We're, we're uh, becoming aware of a need that we have. We're, we're differentiating, we're educating ourselves and we're getting pretty far down this purchase pathway. Um, and, and then we make, we make the decision and we do conversion to sale. Um, and that's, that's, pretty much the way that that, that journey uh, happens for a lot of people, same instance, um, when you can interrupt that journey um, with content marketing, with a way that provides uh, you, you as the resource um, and the go-to, um, we always like to use the term go-to for the how-to um, for, for one of our clients. Um, and it, and it's, it really sort of puts that into perspective and allows you to um, really uh, kind of make sure that um, you're grounded in the sense that, that you're providing content at the right time in the right place um, along that journey. It's a lot. Um, I feel like it's a lot of what you're seeing more brands doing on social media with like maybe their stories and sometimes just their posts in general is it's more education based versus being like, here's my product. Isn't it so pretty? Um, and sometimes you'll have a brand that'll just post something motivational and they'll just, you know, that gets high engagement. And yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion between branded content and content marketing to the point where mm -hmm. some of our clients always think that you've got to put, you know, a brand at the beginning, your brand marker at the beginning, your brand marker at the end. Um, and you've got to tell in between that exactly how much better quality it is and how much better price it is than the competitors. Um, but if you truly provide something of value and, and, and can put that little bit of recognition and recall, the customer may not be buying that day. But chances of them remembering and recalling your brand and your product. Um, because they had a positive experience with it in this type of interaction engagement with the content, um, you're going to be better off. You'll, you'll, get, uh, you'll get that recognition and recall at a later time when they are in market. Right. And that's, that's such a good point, George, because I think too, you know, there are a lot of companies out there that have big ticket items. I mean, you're selling products that are thousands of dollars. And so someone sees you on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever else, they're not necessarily going to click and purchase. Um, you know, and they might not even need your product at that point, but if they remember that your brand was the one that posted an article that they read that helped them solve this problem, okay, in six months and eight months, whenever they might need to purchase that, you know, and they're willing to make that big investment, they're going to be more, you know, willing to purchase from you because they're going to remember your brand name 
and you're going to set yourself apart from the competition. Um, I think, you know, we always remind people to treat social and how you act on social as a brand um, as you would want to be served content. So I, you know, I don't want to get on Facebook and have, you know, brands throwing their products at me and saying, bye, bye, bye. And, you know, purchase us. We're the best. I do want to get on Facebook. And, you know, if I'm having an issue with, you know, something related to my dog or something, and I see an article that relates to that from a dog brand company, you know, I'm going to go back to that brand and I'm going to be more likely to trust them as someplace that I want to purchase from moving forward. Um, And so a lot of it just comes back to, you know, speak to your audience the way that you want to be spoken to, you know, we're all human. Um, and I think that that communication point is really big when it comes to content marketing and as it relates to sales now as well. Well, I think from my side, I see a lot more people because even if you're doing B2B, you're still dealing with people. Um, they want the relationship and the trust before they're doing anything else. And they, they like it when it comes from the brand. Like I know that this brand always provides accurate information about this topic, And usually it aligns then with whatever you're doing as a company, but it's something of value that you've provided first that they've built up that trust and awareness for you that if they have to make, like you said, that big thousand dollar, two thousand dollar purchase and they swing back around, they're going to immediately think what's reliable, what's worth the investment. And just that thought of, well, they've already provided me value and reliability with content and I didn't even have to pay for it is it's going to be at the forefront. So. Yep, exactly. That was perfectly said. (laughs) But finding that right balance. I mean, we talk to a lot of our clients about, you know, not everything you have, not everything that you put out has to be um, content marketing, but not everything you put out should be branded content. So it's just finding that right balance and providing that, that layer, if you will. And I think that those complement each other very nicely. I think what we often find out is that the, when, when buying even media, um, you know, the, the sponsored content type of media, uh, the content marketing rich type of media, a little bit more expensive than your more frequency media. But I think that it's important to have both, right? You definitely want to put a lot of critical mass in the market with a lot of um, uh, advertising uh, that is, is out there and it's, it's, it's resonating. Um, but the sponsored content stuff too, uh, that isn't necessarily as branded um, is, is just as important. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of that deeper connection that you want to get to, like we, we said before. I know that was the, you know, we created this podcast. So coming in and creating this, it's not like, well, you, you know, telling people, okay, well, we're not selling the product through the podcast. We're connecting to people through the podcast. We're building up those relationships. And um, I, I like it too, from the marketing standpoint, I'm sure you guys might see this too, is sometimes with the content marketing, it's an enjoyable way to break up what you're already doing, but also be able to share some of those expertise. I think we as people, we love to share when we feel we have something valuable. Yeah, and that's a great point, Haley. I think a lot of the time too, the more you can interject a little bit of the human nature um, into it, you know, uh, even telling testimonials and stories um, behind your content. I think that's important, right? So that you're not always perceived of as uh, the authority that is is selling something and you're, you're you're developing your content that way. I think that a lot of the time, the more you can bring in that human element, it sort of personalizes it for people and it brings it down a little bit. Um, and and it, it makes a big difference. Right. Yeah. We've definitely seen, um, you know, greater success when there's a face to the brand essentially. Um, and, and, you know, it's something that we've talked about with our clients before is, you know, people want to see your employees. They want to hear from your customers. They want to know exactly who's behind the brand. 
um, because you have to remember your brand is essentially just some big name, you know, it's vague. No one really fully understands you until they can kind of see, you know, what's behind the curtain. Um, and so we always recommend, obviously, you know, with the content marketing side is pull the curtain back, you know, show who is working on your stuff, show who works within your company, show who's purchasing your products and how they're using them. Um, you know, that comes back to user generated content is extremely helpful as well. You know, people want to see actual application of, okay, you know, this person has purchased this product. Now let's see what they did with it in their real life. And how does that apply to me and what I need for my real life usage? Um, so it definitely, you know, we always just say, give a face to the brand. You know, it's the best way that you can really get, get, set yourself apart from the competition and get a little bit ahead on your channels. I agree. I agree. Thank you. All right. I think we're getting to a great point to wrap up. So with that being said, did you guys want to give their own tidbit of advice for somebody who's considering account-based marketing, trying to refine their, refine their content marketing and work more closely with their sales team? Do you have any advice from either of you or both of you? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm always going to come back to um, just staying with it. It's, it's, it's that marathon, like we talked about, and that's, that's important because I think that so often because of this big culture shift, this change, um, it's not comfortable for a lot of organizations to, to make this transition. Um, like I said, they want to abandon it. Um, and the most important thing is to really stay with it um, and, and keep at it. Those routine, routine meetings, those, those conversations, those communications that happen back and forth to break down those silos, um, that has to happen continuously. Um, it may be sluggish. Uh, you may not get a lot of um, communication back and forth initially, but you got to struggle through those calls. Sometimes they can be different or those, those interact, inter, um, actions face to face, but, um, you have to stay with them. That's the only, the only way you're going to be able to, to kind of get over that hurdle and break that down. Yep. No, that's a great point. I would say the other thing is just focus on the education side of it. Um, I, you know, I really do think that, you know, it's a struggle at first because, you know, you're going to go to people who aren't active on social potentially, or, you know, aren't really familiar with what content marketing is. Um, and we've seen it, you know, a thousand different times where, you know, you're not going to really have someone who just inherently understands, okay, if I go to my company's LinkedIn page and share a post, what is that going to do? Um, and so, you know, if you, if you're able to take the time up front and put together, you know, the resources and the training and presentations and whatever else, um, and really help not only your colleagues, but also leadership understand, you know, the value of it, you're going to succeed more in the long term. Um, you know, like George has said, and we've said many times, you know, it is a marathon. And so there is some struggle with that buy-in of, you know, you're not going to see these immediate results one, two weeks after you start kind of integrating these new processes. So if you, you know, have an educated team and you have educated leadership, um, you know, that slower moving process, you know, is ultimately going to see better results, but, you know, you're going to have that buy-in the whole way you know, as you go through the longer process. All right. Thank both of you for coming on. Um, Allison and George, I really appreciate your time. And then I also appreciate the time of our listeners. We'll, of course, create a blog post to correspond with the content that we just released. That includes a quick summary and a whole transcription that we've edited down to make a nice read for you. We'll also include links out for them. So if you would like to follow them up on social media or learn more about the company, you can. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.